Hello and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Victoria Moon, and I am delighted to bring you episode 60 of the podcast. Today's guest is going to share with us some of the most incredible and uh, much needed insight. Insight that's really valuable to everyone, no matter who you are, no matter your shape, your size, your disorder, your strength, your weakness. This is something that's going to take your confidence and your perspective to the new level. Um, our guest today, her name is Camille DePutter, and she is a storyteller. Whether it was writing the editors of Archie Comics to correct their grammar or developing key messages to convince her parents to let her have more candy, at a very young age, she learned the importance of telling a story and telling it well. Camille is part poet and part pragmatist. She has worked as a communications expert in marketing, advertising, public relations, and in-house, and through the years, she has helped business leaders gain followings and build customer bonds with authentic, articulate, artful communication. She has also learned firsthand the power of telling one story, of sharing our most significant, transformative moments, or capturing the memories and experiences of our loved ones. These are the stories that make us who we are, but sometimes we need help telling them. When she says she writes with heart, she means that literally. She was born with a heart condition for about 30 years. She tried to hide the story of her own heart, which we will hear a lot about today. Today, it is her signature story, a defining experience that she uses to show herself to the world and help others do the same. Camille is um, a very just a very insightful person. She has a lot to say on this topic. And if you've ever reached out to me and said something along the lines of, I'm struggling, I want to help others, but I can't because I'm struggling, then this is for you. If you feel called to help other people with exactly what you're struggling through, something similar to what you're struggling through, or something completely different from what you're struggling with, Whatever it is, you have the power to share your story right now, regardless of um, the degree of healed or uh, recovered you are. That doesn't matter. Your story is important, and she's here today to tell us why and how you can start sharing it. Before we head on over to the episode, I want to say that this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Body Freedom, um, the program for ending your obsession with dieting, exercise, um, or any kind of weight obsessions. If you're looking to get more help with disordered eating patterns, just being too concerned with food and any kind of clean eating or the diet you're currently on, weight loss, if your family members um, are triggers for you and you're just needing help for these things, check out my program. It's at maddiemoon.com BF. Body Freedom has had over 100 people go through the course and I have heard nothing but great insights and the support group that comes along with it will be very helpful for you. So check that out. Two more things. First of all, the patrons of the week, thank you so much to April and Annalise. April's Instagram is I'm your lucky Libra and Annalise is at bevulnerablehavejoy.com. Both of those girls are contributing to the podcast as patrons, which I appreciate with all my heart and soul because they're helping keep this podcast running. Last but not least is the review of the week by um, heyls underscore sprinkle of sunshine. Um, I love, I love this girl. She is so sweet. 
Um, I know her on the online space um, and what she has to say for the show. It has five stars and says an amazing girl with life changing advice. This podcast is one of the biggest realization moments in my recovery. Maddie's podcast has helped me tremendously mentally. There is a wide variety of information that can be found on these podcasts that help you see things from a different perspective and positive mindset. I highly recommend these podcasts to anyone looking for a better relationship with their mind and body. Thank you so much, Haley. All right. Now, without further ado, let's go head on over to the show. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. We are so excited to have you on the show today, Camille. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Maddie. I'm so excited to be talking to you also. You were introduced to me by one of my favorite people, Summer Inanen from the Fearless Rebel Radio. And I listened to that podcast, which I thought was such a great conversation y'all had. I, I just love when I hear people that have uh, podcast chemistry. So I was really <laughs> excited to get you on the show to talk about your extremely, extremely important message. So it's just such a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, I love Summer in and in too. I love her her message and her own story. And she is also a great example of someone who really just embraces who she is and uh, and really speaks very clearly and honestly from her own voice. Yes, exactly. And that is that ties in very well with with your message and your story. So why don't we just rewind and go into your background and you can go as far back as you want. But I'm interested in just hearing how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, um, I for starters, I'm I'm a writer and a communicator and a storyteller. And I have pretty much always been those things. That's what I've been most passionate about in my life. And I've always been journaling and writing. And that's been very natural to me. But I also know what it is like to not uh, be so comfortable sharing certain parts of your story and not be comfortable being yourself. Um, so a big part of, of my story is about my heart. It's about being born with a heart condition. It's called a complete heart block. Um, it was not a severe condition. I was able to live with it without um, much intervention for you know my my childhood and much of my young life, um, but something about this condition and and the way it was sort of interpreted and explained to me, I felt shameful about it. I felt like because my heart beat a little bit slower and a little bit more erratically, and it just wasn't as strong and stable 
as it should be, I felt a lot of fear around it. I felt like there was something wrong with me, like I was defective. I didn't want anyone to know about it. So even as a little kid, um, you know, like I didn't want my gym teacher to bring it up in class. I didn't want them to treat me any differently. Um, I didn't want to be held back from anything. I just, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to, to be strong and to sort of feel normal. Um, and when I was 20 years old, I experienced a dizzy spell one day and went to the, the doctor and they said, yeah, this is the kind of thing we watch for. So it's time to get a pacemaker. And in that moment, I had to confront the fact that I wasn't exactly normal, that I had, I did in fact have this heart condition and that I was going to have uh, something put inside me that would forever make me different. And that felt shameful to me. I felt dysfunctional and I felt scared of it. So, so I hid it. So I continued to be in some denial about it and I didn't talk about it and it was very slowly over time that I kind of started to come out about it and, and share it with people. And probably as I share the story, you know, people may be thinking, well, that's not such a big deal. Why were you scared of it? Why were you afraid of that? But I think maybe your listeners can also relate to this feeling of just feeling like there's something wrong with you inside or that, that you're not, that you're not good enough that you're not, that something is kind of wrong and needs to be hidden or needs to be fixed. Um, and it, it kind of became emblematic for me of, you know, I, I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to be um, normal. I wanted to be strong and to be good. Um, but as a result of that, you know, I also had some difficulties in just kind of being more true to who I was, strong but also soft, and to be, you know, to accept my own flaws and imperfections and not to have a perfect veneer. So over time, you know, th this was a, I would say there was a, a long process of, like I say, kind of coming out and uh, sharing and, and coming to terms with this. Um, but I would say the biggest um, leap forward that I made was when I decided to give a speech um, about my experience with my heart. And I did that at a time where I thought I was mostly over it and mostly healed. But what I realized was that I was still keeping a bunch of it inside that there were things that I only told certain people or things that even my closest family and friends didn't know that I had never really talked about. And so by being able to put words to this experience, this journey, the shame that I had felt, and also where I was now presently in my life of working through my heart and coming to terms with it and feeling love for it, um, but also feeling the, you know, the vulnerability and the imperfectness still. Um, I put all of that to words and stood up and shared it. And it was a huge turning point for me um, and actually helped me get a greater sense of even what my own message is and what I want to do in my life. So from there, I kind of tapped into my inner storyteller and embraced that as a way to continue my journey and also help others to help others um, 
start to feel the freedom of sharing who they are, of putting words to their inner journey, um, and of you know, not not being af- afraid to to hide it and and be who they are and carefully parse it out, but to be able to express that and take who they are into any place, uh, any conversation. Mm. And and the entire time you've told this story, I feel that passion coming out from you, and I also feel like. You mean every word when you're talking about vulnerability, because that seems to be in. I feel that being vulnerable is a huge key to healing in anything. And for you, I'm assuming that sharing the story over and over and over again only makes you stronger, but also the people that are hearing the story, because you're continuously putting yourself out there for judgment or for people to say well that's not that big a deal like you you shouldn't feel shameful for that that's putting yourself out there and saying you know I don't I don't know how these people are going to respond to my story but I feel like I need to tell it and I know someone out there needs to hear this story yeah I would agree and you're right there is still um you know, there's still those little, those little sparks that come up when I share this that feel, it still feels a little uncomfortable. It feels a lot more comfortable, but I guess I feel more comfortable with that discomfort. And, um, you know, and for women who are working through or listeners who are working through their own, kind of their own stories and, and how to express it, um, there is, there is a kind of balance to be found because, Yes, there's a place and time to share things, especially when those things are serious and, you know, maybe a bit dark and and scary and challenging. Um, But what happens is when you, what I was doing before in the past was it was very careful. It was very um, like, okay, well, I'll tell this person in this specific circumstance and maybe I'll tell them a few things. And then I would go home and feel so anxious about it. And other people in other contexts had no idea. And so what when you come to a greater place of comfort with your own story, what happens is, is you can take that into different contexts and situations and you feel more comfortable in um, applying it. So, for example, if you're speaking with someone who you think might benefit from hearing your story, so maybe another woman who's just in a different stage of her own recovery you might have an opportunity to just share your own experience and it, and it may help her. Or it may be through something that's a little bit more open, like um, doing a, a recovery blog, as you've talked about before, and the benefits of that. So you, what happens is because you have more of your own inner um, ownership over the story, it actually becomes a little bit easier to surrender the control of it. The point is not always to try to be controlling it and controlling the outcome and controlling other people's perceptions. And instead it becomes more of an act of, of sharing it, of um, having some inner peace over what it is. And it just, it just becomes part of you, just a part of showing up and being yourself and being okay with that vulnerability. Do you ever get faced with situations that are, um, like you have this fear that's extremely powerful about sharing your story that you're, you're scared. Like, for example, I'm thinking of you in a situation where you're talking to a mom that has a child with a heart condition, but that child's not going to be okay. 
like that child might something might happen to that child their heart condition is extremely severe they could die do you would you help the mother by sharing your story and then helping her create her story through this because that is extremely tough and i'm thinking is there like a certain does this extend to everybody are there some people that are not ready to to face their story like they're not there yet emotionally they just refuse to do it do you feel comfortable helping those people and that was like five questions (laughs) and I'm sorry (laughs) but I just like all these things kept coming to my head no problem I think the a point that you've touched on that's really important is the readiness um and that and so you brought up a, a few important points but I'll I'll look at that one first um and that is that particularly again when we're dealing with tough stuff um, we do want to be careful because, um, and I myself have experienced in, in my life uh, depression and some anxiety and some PTSD. And when you're dealing with some of those things, you sometimes you're afraid of triggering yourself. Um, you're afraid of kind of being triggered or doing things that could throw you way off. And so in my work, when I'm encouraging writing and storytelling and talking about the dark things, I'm not necessarily telling people to go, you know, to ignore all of those inner <laughs> warning signals. Um, and so there may be cases where doing this kind of work is best done with a therapist um, or at least with those supports already established. Um, so you can be kind of aware of where this writing takes you. Is it taking you to a good place, a transformative place, an interesting place, a curious place, or is it just taking you to a dark place? And if it's just taking you to a dark place, then maybe you're not ready to, to explore it just yet, or maybe you need another kind of support to do it. Um, having said that, I think that um, just doing personal writing um, is a great place to start, just having a journal um, and writing. And you could also incorporate drawing or doodling or coloring or collaging, um, any kind of art. Um, having a, a, a place for your own self-expression um, can allow you to start to get comfortable with this stuff because it also starts inside. In order to be able to share your story with the world, you kind of need to talk to yourself about it first. You have to have some of those conversations. You have to have a bit of an understanding of what am I feeling here? What am I thinking about? What is it that I want to share? Why do I feel like I have something to say? What might that be? and the funny thing is, is that for, you know, we used to do a lot of this stuff as, as kids, really, when we used to draw and write and make things. And then we get away from these natural creative processes. Um, and it's kind of like we're not supposed to speak until we have it all figured out. Um, but we've kind of often, we lose lo- those creative processes for figuring it out. So I would say that, you know, if there's something you're grappling with that is, kind of big and difficult and scary that even just starting with your own your own journal and your own kind of personal writing and playing around that's a really great place to begin you don't have to get up on on stage and and share it all right away so personal storytelling can mean pretty much anything to you that you want it to mean it can mean drawing or just being artistic 
Um, or can it literally mean writing out a new story that you want for your life? Like, here's my life in the background. Like, here's what I'm doing. Here's my past. I didn't like it. Letting it go, tearing up the paper, and then writing out, this is where I am now, even if you're not there. Because I've read of practices before of like, thinking about the dream life you want, the story that you want to have now and writing it out as if you have it. Like I am a speaker. I am being um, contacted five times a day by all these different places asking me to speak about X, Y, and Z. I am in a thriving relationship. I am blah, blah, blah. And like you write it out as if you are doing it. Is that one of the things that you do with the people that you work with or have you ever done that yourself? Um, yes, I've definitely done that myself. It's not something that that specifically isn't, um, a practice I incorporate right now, but I've definitely done, like, I, first of all, your comment about how it can be, it can be anything. And yes, it can. I mean, really storytelling is, it's just, how do we tell these stories? How do we express ourselves? How do we communicate an idea or an experience? How do we, how do we put ourselves out into the world? I personally am an advocate for writing because our words are, are how we talk to each other. And I think there's great value in, uh, in actually doing writing and putting words on a page. And uh, so I don't like people to get too hung up and thinking, oh, I can't write or I'm not a writer because really we're all writers. We're all communicators. It doesn't have to be beautiful or perfect in order for you to uh, experience the, the joys and the benefit of putting words on a page. Um, the second part to your question there is kind of like about, about exploration. Um, it, so yeah, I see storytelling sort of as a framework for how we talk and think about ourselves and our experiences in the world. And a part of that, um, can be about reframing or rethinking the stories that we're told about ourselves or that we've made up along the way. So, you know, sort of putting this in, in the context of, um, of recovery, um, you know, we have certain views about like the kind of person we are. Maybe I'm super athletic or maybe I'm never athletic or maybe I'm, I'm always the fat girl or maybe I was the ugly girl or I was the girl picked up last in baseball. Um, you know, it's sort of like, how can we start to reshape some of those stories about ourselves? And for me, with my experience with my heart, um, you know, one of those is definitely the, the one uh, as of athletics. So I always was afraid, like, I was afraid that I was weak. I wanted to be strong, but I would, you know, I did have the, the gym teacher telling me to sit out in gym class. I did have, you know, have the experience of going to camp and telling them, or the counselors telling me that I couldn't go on a bike ride because they found out that I had this heart condition and they were scared for me. There was absolutely nothing wrong with me participating. Um, but, you know, other people were afraid for me. They projected that uh, onto me. When I was little and my parents found out about this heart condition, you know, they, they panicked. They were anxious. They were uncomfortable. And I internalized that. And so I always felt kind of weaker and, and slower um, and today I train as a boxer and I, there's, I'm very athletic and there's nothing that I, I can't do. I love to explore and take on new physical challenges all the time, but that required a mind, mindset shift. It required me 
to stop repeating this story about myself. Well, I'm not good at sports. I'm not athletic or maybe I can't lift that bar. I, you know, I, I have a pacemaker. Is it safe? Um, so what, what we can do is start to sort of re recraft and rethink and question some of those, those stories about ourselves. Um, and that doesn't mean that we have to write a perfect story. It doesn't mean that we have to write a perfect story about ourselves in the future either. I mean, doing some of that, that creative work about where we would like to go, um, you know, what are, what we would like to see in a future is awesome. It's great work. But I'm also really interested in the sort of where are you now? Like right now, um, where have you progressed or what have you discovered? But also what's yet to uncover? You know, you don't have to, um, to do this kind of work, you don't have to love your body right now and be completely at the finish line. You can be in between. You can be still struggling. You can write about what it's like to be here now where you are. And you can share that with people too. You can share, and actually, Maddie, that's something that, that you do really well that I love and that you'll, you'll be honest about saying, um, like, here's all my passion and here's what I've discovered and here's how I do things differently. But you'll also say, yeah, you know what? This is something I'm still struggling with. This is something I'm uncertain of. This is something that still scares me. And I think that is really, really powerful to be able to say, just here, to, to write a story or to speak up about where we are now and that mix of um, the, you know, kind of the, the good and bad and, and ugly and the uncertain, um, just as it is. Well, thank you. I appreciate that because I use this tool, my blog and my podcast, just as much for me, honestly, as it is for other people to read and listen to because it is therapy to me. Like being able to share what I'm struggling with, it's like having a coach, honestly. Like even though I'm staring at my computer screen, I'm I'm pouring my heart out and I'm like, man, I feel so good because I'm talking about this subject. It's just like 30 minutes into it. I'm still talking about it and I just feel like more confident in the direction I'm moving in. And then I might have just in that moment a pang where I'm just like, oh, but that one thing is really weighing on me. You know, I feel called to share it. So then I share it and I'm like, this is what I'm struggling with. But in that moment of sharing it, I feel like I get more clarity and I get more like, okay, I see how that makes absolutely no sense. And that's just my insecurity or, okay, I see how that is an obstacle in my life. What is within my control that I can do about that instead of turning to food? Cause that does absolutely nothing for this subject. You know, back in the day I would be like, okay, this is really bothering me. This is a thorn stuck in my arm. So I'm going to go diet, you know, like it just doesn't make sense. But to me, it was like, oh, I feel like I just had the perfect coping mechanism. I just had so much relief wash over me. I'm going to let that thorn just sit in there because I've got like this numbing cream over it. Everything feels really good now. And then, of course, a little while later, that numbing cream will go away and I will feel the thorn. I'll be like, ah. So for me, the podcast and the blog, even becoming a coach, is what took me to a completely new level of 
a lot of confusion, a lot of struggling, wavering, teeter-tottering on the edge of recovery, discovery, slash uh, still wanting to have my orthorexia by my side, taking that leap and saying, world, like, listen to me. I'm just going to publish this on iTunes. And then very quickly, a lot faster than I had ever imagined, I was starting to get clarity on my own from talking out loud and writing. Writing has always been a great tool for me, but I'm starting to realize that talking has helped me more than writing has, which is interesting because I was an English major. I I was writing stories since I was a kid. I had my mom write stories for me before I could actually write myself. I told her the story and I drew the color, uh, color drawings and had her. And it was like about Star Wars characters playing soccer. Those were my stories. (laughs) Um, Those were like, I, I still have those little books stapled together. And it's like Darth Vader, like holding a lightsaber playing soccer against Luke and it's like it's just so funny but anyways back to the point of this um yeah so one one question that popped in my head was the labels I love that you brought this up because labels are so important to people in general I mean everyone likes to feel like they're included somewhere but I'm gonna I'm gonna be more specific and say if you have a label such as orthorexia or Uh, anorexia or bulimia like that label as much as you hate mentally where you are you might enjoy being the girl that has orthorexia because no one messes with you about your food choices no one like tries to get you to eat a Reese's because they already know so you have that safe label where you just know people aren't gonna come crashing in and trying to take you off your perfectly portioned meal plan so it feels kind of good and like dropping that label is so terrifying especially once people for example anorexia if you're extremely thin and people have always said why you're so thin like go eat that's a trigger both ways it's like uh people are rejecting the way I look but it's also trigger the other way being like yay I look thin um so once you start gaining the weight back and you get to a quote healthy body fat um people start saying, you look healthy. That is another trigger. It's like, oh my God, I'm losing my label. This doesn't feel good. Where's my safety blanket? I look uh, healthy. It's like an insult almost, even though people think it's a compliment. Um, And then it, it can just be a trigger in so many different ways. So my question is, if someone is experiencing that right now, where they're dropping the label, um, and people are starting to make comments about how great they look, how healthy they are, and it is triggering to them. How do they move on from this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's, it's difficult. And you're talking about going through an identity shift, really, in a way. You're saying, you know, this is, this is who I am. And you're defined by something. And when you start to let that go, it's tough. Because sometimes, for one thing, you've got to hang out in a space in a space where you don't know what the next label is or what the next safe place of identity is. So you're kind of, you're kind of in this place where it can be a creative place, um, but it's a, it's an uncertain place. So for one thing, I just wanted to acknowledge that that's scary and, um, and can be difficult. And, you know, for, for me, too, in my own experience, it kind of reminds me, when I was a teenager, uh, I was vegan and really into animal rights, and I, I, I shaped tons of my identity around it. 
Um, and as I got a little bit older and got into university and I wanted to let that go and it, it felt, it felt really difficult because I just, it, I had, that's the person that I was. And like, does this mean that I'm not a good person anymore? Or just even, even becoming a vegetarian after being a vegan felt like, you know, I kind of felt guilty. I felt un uncertain. And it was kind of like, if I shed this label of vegan or activist, who am I and, and where do I go and, and where do I fit? Um, I guess I would say a couple of things. One is that um, in, in putting some of this to words and even doing what you just described yourself, Maddie, of being able to just talk through it or write through it, um, if you can kind of articulate that experience and what it feels like, then you're already doing something to help kind of start to reshape um, or, or kind of recreate that identity because what you're expressing is more of a whole person. It's, it's more of, like, of you as opposed to, okay, well, I'm the girl who, you know, is defined by orthorexia or maybe even prior to that, before I put that label on it, maybe I was defined as the fitness model or the competitor or, or the CrossFit girl or the vegan or what have you. And so as soon as you start just talking about where you are now and the complexities of that and just acknowledging them and putting some words to them, you're already making progress because that you're moving yourself towards being more of a whole and complex person who's actually going to be able to talk about this and share a, a story about it also later on that could potentially help others and um, and and kind of enlighten what that bigger experience is like. So you take that that sort of little label and instead you're opening it up to something uh, bigger. The other thing that I want to add about labels, though, is that, you know, I have, I, I feel a bit mixed because on the one hand, these labels can hold us back and it's kind of dangerous to say I'm the this or, or I'm the that, even with vegan and vegetarianism, for example, instead of just, you know, eating, say you want to eat vegetarian today, you don't want to eat meat, then you're just eating. <laughs> but if you are a vegetarian, now you're a now you're a thing. Now there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's supposed to come with it that you're supposed to be. On the other hand, though, it can be liberating to give yourself a, a label that you have been afraid of. So, for example, for me, it was being an athlete. Um, several years ago when I started to work with uh, my boxing coach, she helped me, it was kind of like, you know, when we first started training, she's like, well, you're an athlete and here's the, the things that, you know, you kind of have to do to look after yourself if you're going to be an athlete. And it was like a, a, a switch flipped for me because of all these years saying, I'm not an athlete, I'm not an athlete, I'm, I'm not physical, I'm not, I'm not, you know, an, a, an active person. I was able to say, oh, I can be an athlete and a whole new world just opened up. So I would also suggest that people might want to explore some of those labels that they, they think they can't be or that they've kind of been afraid of before. So, you know, you're talking about being healthy and seeing it as something that's triggering or something that's scary or something that's an, an insult. 
I might encourage someone to kind of explore that. Okay, well, what would it mean to be healthy? What does healthy look like for for me? If I'm living my life as a healthy person, what would that story be? And you can actually sit and write down almost a bit like you were doing saying before um, of kind of imagining maybe a future life or future existence. What what would healthy me look like? What does that person do? What did they feel? Um, what are you know? What is the kind of some of the things that's going on in their daily life, or what are the experiences that brought them here? Um, or or even just sit down and like if if you are in a place where you're getting healthy, well, what does it look like and feel like right now? And just start to put words to some of that. So, do you think that talking more about where you are right now is generally more helpful? than talking about where you want to be because maybe that brings on too much anxiety? I think that they both have, have a place. And I, I definitely know that, you know, in it, it, it has a place in coaching to where, you know, if you have a goal and you're trying to get someone to a goal and, and, and to help them visualize that and, and move towards that, I totally get that. I think, though, when we're talking about, we're kind of putting it through the lens of storytelling, and that is how we show up in the world, how, you know, are we speaking honestly about ourselves, are we sharing where we're at, um, there's a tendency to think um, that this, I can't tell the story until it's complete. So if I were to say, when I got up on stage and I talked about my heart, and I, I pretty much finished the story by saying, sometimes I love my heart and sometimes I don't. And you know, a lot, this was at a motivational speaking event where most people want to get up on stage and say, hey guys, everything's perfect now. Oh, had a problem, fixed it, solved it, moved on. Now here's how you can too. And I don't, personally, those kinds of stories don't do a whole lot for me. I'm interested in the person who's saying, um, like, okay, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm flawed or I'm imperfect or here's what I'm working on or here's, yeah, here's all the great stuff, but here's the muck too. And I feel that those kinds of stories allow us to connect a little bit better and they also do allow us to heal more because they, they allow us to just kind of be where we're at now and foster more self-acceptance and compassion and kind of lean in to this process we're, we're working on. Um, and, you know, so for, I guess for, for anyone who's listening and they think, well, yeah, you know what, one day I'd love to be able to say I conquered my disordered eating and, you know, then maybe I could go and I could help people or I could mentor people and, you know, maybe one day I'll write a story about this. I would love to hear what that person has to say now. I'd love to hear what you have to say now. And if you were to, to say, share that with me in conversation, or if I were to read it on a blog, um, or I were to hear you stand up at a speaking event, or however it may take shape, you know, I'd be really interested in hearing from that person. And as you've kind of pointed to before, you never know who you're helping either. You never know who needs inspiration from your journey now, not the finished product, not you when you come to the end of your life and think back and write your, your memoirs then, but where you are today. So I just want you to know that I'm nodding my head intensely right now because I, <laughs> I agree with this so beyond words. This is probably my favorite part of this interview because 
I think that this is this is just the meat of, in my personal opinion, people recently, actually, I've been getting a lot of emails about this very thing. A lot of people have been asking me, like, I really want to share my story. Um, I feel like a hypocrite. I can't tell people to uh, do any certain things because I'm not healed yet. I've done coaching consults where people are like, you know, I really, really, really want to be a coach, but I'm not 100% healed yet. This doesn't feel right. I can't do that. Time and time and time again, people are saying, I cannot help others until I am healed, which to me, just wow. I'm like, well, then I shouldn't be talking and helping people either. (laughs) Like, well, then what am I doing up here? Like, why are you talking to me if that's how you feel? Because I'm not completely healed. I have moments like this. Like, um, I mean, it's it's the the world is missing out on your extremely valuable perspective your much needed gift um if you're feeling this calling and you reject it and you say no i'm not perfect yet i can't do this then not only are you doing a disservice to yourself but you are doing a huge disservice to the world just a simple blog post just a simple podcast um just a simple email to a friend, anything, those mm-hmm. words are so powerful. And you will find that once you start helping other people, just by providing that empathy, giving them a sacred space to share or sharing with them and making them feel like you're not alone, they're not alone, like creating that bond that we humans need, you know, primarily speaking, we need that. That is it is powerful doesn't even like I can't I can't put it into words and it, it breaks my heart hearing people say you know I want to be healed uh, so badly so they're trying to hurry up the process so that they can go do that thing which is sharing <laughs> and it's like if only you knew that sharing right now it would do the opposite it would help you with your recovery it would help you learn more about yourself and other people and create new relationships and instead of just trying to hurry and rush and cram a long recovery process into a month because you really 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 want to coach that person because you can help them with what they're going through um it's just gonna it's not gonna be fun for you you're gonna miss out on the pleasures of um enjoying every single day of life like you've waited long enough you've waited long enough to talk about this stuff why don't you just jump on in start see how it feels um and then watch your mind start focusing on something else like instead of thinking about me 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 it's (laughs) you and helping you and you and like that daily high you used to get from losing a pound or from eating 12 cookies you'll start getting that Hi, from helping others and from sharing your story and creating something beautiful. So well said. I completely agree. And it's, you know, it's that, that stuff that you think is like the junk that you need to clean up in your life or that you need to hide. That's what makes you great, especially as a coach. And particularly people in kind of health, fitness, uh, people who are working on recovery or issues of disordered eating, the very fact that you're imperfect and you're still struggling with it, that's what makes you great because you can relate to the people you are working with. I mean, we don't need, we don't need our coaches to be perfect and we don't need more 
um, sort of examples of, of idols or perfection in this life. We see images of so-called perfection everywhere. Um, most of us are just looking to know that, oh yeah, it's okay. Like I'm okay. I'm okay to be where I'm at. I'm okay to be making the progress I'm making. I need, you know, I need a little bit of support and, and help, but I just need to know it's okay to be human. And being a human is, is messy. You know, and, and this, something I personally have written about before and also struggle with is this idea of wanting to clean everything up, wanting to have it all fixed and, and done. Um, but first of all, we never get there. <laughs> I don't think, you know, it's not like we come to some kind of moment of perfection in our lives where where everything is cleaned up and, and you know, tidied and organized and all of our flaws go away, go away or all of our struggles go away. It, life isn't like that. But even more importantly is that this is where the, the that meat is, that, that good stuff that we can work with, that nutrient-dense soil that we can plant stuff in. This is what this is exactly how and why we can help people by sharing who we are and coming into more of ourselves. So yes, exactly. This is exactly why I encourage people to write about, talk about, uh, share and explore and do the kind of creative work of exploring who they are and, and where they are right now and, and yes, how they've come here, but also where they're going and, and where they go, go are going next and what they're working towards, not necessarily the finished end product, but the process of getting there. Right. And another thing that kind of just popped in my head is um, if anyone is stuck, you know, and they're really wanting to do this, but they just feel like they can't, is to watch the language around other people sharing their stories or coaching people if they're not completely healed or other examples of this would be personal trainers that are fat, relationship coaches that don't have a relationship, um, people who do counseling with children that don't have children. If you're putting down those people because they don't exactly line up with what they're preaching, that could be why you're so hard on yourself. Because that is something that's always kind of confused me. Like, I I think once upon a time, I definitely did chime in. But for the past several years, um, I'm very much aware about how people treat others that are doing their day-to-day -day work when they don't have everything perfect themselves, like hairdressers that have awful hair or, you know, nail salon, nail technicians that don't have painted nails. It's just, it doesn't mean that they have to always keep up with themselves or they have to go make babies or go find a relationship because they're too dang busy helping you like <laughs> it's just that judgment factor like if you're judging other people for these things then you are inherently going to judge yourself and the thing that it really just it does bother me is the personal trainers being fat because I I don't I don't know I just um it just bothers me. It bothers me a lot because not everyone has to, especially because, you know, I, I advocate uh, not having to have a six pack, not having to be lean. And then there are people who are going out there helping others feel good in their body, but yet they are mad at them for not having a six pack. But those trainers know better. They know they don't want to have a six pack. And when I say fat, I also mean usually they're not fat. They're just not, they just don't have a six pack. So people go out there and they're like, oh, they're fat. You know, they don't like, it, it doesn't, I don't get the judgment factor. 
So that's just another side note I wanted to throw out. Yeah, well, I'd, to add to that, a couple of things that, that people can do. Um, so one is that you mentioned, you said kind of watching your language. And and I totally agree with that. And what I would, would add to that is um, to become more of an observer in the stories that you are telling. So as you are in conversation with your friends or, you know, at work, writing emails, so whatever you, however you're communicating, be aware of the language that you're using about others, but also about yourself. So do things go through a judgmental filter? Are you describing things as bad or good? Or is it more observational? Is it more curious? Are you asking questions? Are you exploring? Are you using kind of stagnant language like, I am or kind of passive language like this happened to me um, what ended up happening it just so happened that or are you um, using more actionable words like I, I I'm going to do or I'm doing this or I chose to do this or I decided um, so I, I feel like if we pay attention to our language, we can start to, to get a greater sense of, you know, say whether we're describing ourselves as a victim where everything happens to us or whether we're describing ourselves or referring to ourselves like an active person in our own lives. Are we observing the habits of others and commenting on them and, and judging them a lot? Or are we contributing something of value to conversation? Or are we posing helpful questions? Are we coming from a place of judgment or curiosity? So I would say if you, even if you're not kind of you know, deep in this concept of storytelling, at the very least creating some more observation around just the language you use can help you and potentially shift to a more empowering way of speaking about yourself and possibly a, a less judgmental and more compassionate way of speaking about other people. And if you do find that you are being judgmental, I think sometimes the, this judgment um, can also, it can come from many places, but it can come from maybe our own need to be heard. You know, like, the, the, as you said, Maddie, sometimes, you know, judging other people is often about your own internal judgments. And maybe there's just a part of you that, that needs to be acknowledged and heard in yourself. So, again, that's where I would say, okay, well, you know, go, go to your journal or, or your creative outlet and, like, let's explore that a little bit. Let's, let's write about it maybe I need to actually write down a story about something that happened or something that bothers me or that makes me feel uncomfortable, explore that a little bit, challenge that a little bit myself. Um, and then on top of that too, when you start to sort of find the outlets for expressing who you are, if you feel like you can come into the conversation as you are and share you, yourself, there's less of a need to judge other people. So, you know, and I mean, you're, you're a great example, right? You have a very clear kind of um, mission and you're, you're sharing your story of, of who you are and where you've, you've come from. So in those kinds of contexts of, you know, like just say calling a certain personal trainer fat, I mean, you're not, you're not going to, to waste your time on it because you're, you're busy telling a better story, a more empowering story, a story that helps other people, but that all is also more true to you and what was really probably kind of going on under the surface anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was wonderful. I could not have said that better. Um, thank you for all this insight. I like, 
I just didn't even realize how many questions I had for you on this because this is like, I'm just, all these dots are connecting. Um, And I think, I just think it's so important that people start sharing today, like right now. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's obviously such a crucial part of becoming um, more yourself, just letting yourself be yourself. It's not becoming a different person. It's just opening your perspective up. It's opening your mind up. It's um, becoming more vulnerable and just allowing yourself to fully embrace the direction that you're heading and to see if you like where it's going and to have that power to take it back if you don't and becoming that hero. So we're coming up on the hour before we do the quick fire round. Um, and that's just some questions I'm going to ask you. Can you share with my audience where they can find you after listening to the show? Sure. So they can uh, go to CamilleDeputter.com. So that's just my name. I'm sure you can spell it out in the show notes. Uh, CamilleDeputter.com. Um, my writing business there is called Storytelling with Heart. You can also find me on Facebook as Storytelling with Heart. And I am releasing a new ebook soon. It's a digital workbook, and the uh, it's called Share Your Story. And the whole purpose is to give people creative writing projects and a guide to work through exactly the kinds of things we talked about today. Um, to start to get a little bit more comfortable with exploring these topics, with sharing your story, and finding the courage to share where you are now. Wonderful. I will have all of those links on the show notes for this. If you go to maddiemoon.com slash mbm60, you can find those. You can check out all of her wonderful work. And now we are heading over to the quickfire round. You ready? Awesome. Let's do it. Okay. Number one, what does body freedom mean to you? Hmm. To me, body freedom is just another expression of being myself. When I feel free in my body, means I can play, means I can tap into what I, how I felt to be as a kid. It means I can be strong when I feel like being strong and active when I feel like being active. But it also means resting and having time for peace and quiet and relaxation. What is a current book that you're loving or reading? Um... I have a bunch of books on the go right now. I One of them is um, John Waters' book called Role Models, and it's kind of an unusual form of memoir because he just talked about all these crazy, interesting people and who they are and how they inspire him. And in turn, you kind of get uh, an idea of who he is, this um, writer and, and director and, and kind of crazy, funny, artsy guy i just eat up memoirs and and cool interesting stories especially about the delightful freaks and weirdos of our world (laughs) nice um who is your biggest inspiration dead or alive oh my gosh um so many i would say as a writer one of the the people dead who completely changed my life was anais nin she uh, was a um a diarist famous as a writer for her diaries uh, mainly and she was just so incredibly poetic and a great observer in the world um, I also would like to acknowledge my coach who I mentioned earlier who is uh, Steph Buchanan and she um, does iron line training 
and she's a, a boxer and she's someone who really has coached me a lot in helping me um, find my own true self and, and spirit. And that relationship has made a big difference in my life. Can you share a good quote with us that you love? Um, oh, good quote. Um, I have so many quotes that it's painful to, to pick one. Um, but I'm going to write down, or I'm going to tell you one that I was writing about in my journal this morning. And it's just very simple. It's, Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've imagined. I love and that one. I love it too. And it's, you know, it's one I've heard probably a lot. Um, but to me, it speaks to a kind of quiet confidence to just be who you are and just go do it. Yeah. Yeah. Go confidently. Um, what is a future dream that you're working towards? Um, oh, well, so I'm getting, I'm really excited about my new book coming out, um, which is a digital workbook. And I want to write more books, Maddie, and I want uh, them also to be in print. So this is my dream to have a, a book published in print. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That is currently mine as well. So we can bond over that because I'm working on it. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, favorite way to distress? Um, I love boxing. Honestly, it just feels so good hitting a heavy bag or working with people in my community. Like I will go in there into the like stinky, sweaty, hot boxing gym and, and sometimes feel like, Oh, why am I doing this? And I come out just feeling amazing because all the stress and tension is gone. And I just feel like a superhero. Mm. That's, that's the best feeling. That's the goal. That's the goal when you go into something for movement that you walk out feeling like a hero. Um, if you had a last meal, what would it be? Um, it, so I'm also a huge foodie, and I think I heard you ask someone else this question, and I was like, I should think about my answer to this question in case Maddie asks me because it, <laughs> like, I, could ha I could talk to you about it all day. Um, I, when I've answered it before, I, I think what I have said has been like like a grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> because it's like I think about when I was a kid and my mom would make me like a grilled cheese sandwich, maybe like a bowl of tomato soup and like maybe chocolate milk. It was just like this perfect comforting lunch when I felt crappy and I think I would want that comfort again. Okay, I am like... I'm shocked right now. And I'm, I'm not just saying this because I don't lie. Um, I was literally just thinking you were going to say grilled cheese with tomato <laughs> soup. I'm not joking. No. Um, when you said that, I just put my head down. I was like, okay, that is the weirdest thing that's happened all day long. And that that's just so freaky. I was like, think, I don't know if currently that is what I would choose. So I was like, mm, grilled cheese, tomato soup. But when you said that, I was like, this isn't real. What? Out of all the different foods. Okay. Anyways... I promise I'm not lying. It sounds like a lie. Hours, it turns out. Oh, it's so weird. Okay, last question is, what is one resource, either product, person, song, movie, supplement, food, anything that you want people to know about? Uh, 
Um, oh my gosh. That's a really good question. Um, a resource. So something that I would, I would suggest people check out. Yeah. Anything. Um, okay. Well, this is maybe a bit silly, but I would say take advantage of your library. I feel like libraries go underused. Um, I go, whenever I hear of a book recommendation, I automatically go onto the library website and put it on the list. Eventually I will go into the library, I'll have like a long bunch of, of books that were ordered for me, I even forget what they are, it feels like a surprise, or I'll just go in and wander around. So I would say go in and also and wander around like sections that you don't usually go to, look through art, look through um, cookbooks, look through memoir um like look look in kind of unusual places and see what you come up with um because i think there's great value in just getting different perspectives on things hearing from different kinds of, of storytellers and so i would suggest um to read and to read differently and yeah take advantage of your local library I agree. I never go to mine and I always think how crazy that is because I'm constantly buying books and I, I love to have books, but at the same time, there's something about that clear plastic wrap around a library book that I love. So I'm like, why don't I just go there and I can get as many books as I want and read them, take them back, get more books. It's like, oh, it's the coolest thing. And I don't know. I just, I guess because it's available, it loses its seduction. And I'm just like, oh, or I can go to this place and buy a book for twenty seven ninety nine. It's hard to get. I don't know what it is. Yeah, and I think like it's tempting to set to because when you buy a book, you get it now, or you feel like the satisfaction of ordering it now, and it'll be at your house in a couple of days. Um, but the the awesome thing is, assuming um, if listeners have the same service, but if you can just order books from your library and like go go online and order them, like I say, you even. Like I kind of even forget about what's on my list and then it comes in and it's this great surprise and you can order tons and it's just this this amazing resource. And I found that sometimes in the past I've gotten out of the habit of it. So my advice is to get into the, the habit of it, get a library card if you don't have one and just go nuts because it, it's awesome and it's it means I have a constant source of kind of creative inspiration at my fingertips because I've got all these different books and magazines, fiction, nonfiction, um, like just piles of great content in my house. Awesome. Well, everyone go check out your library and all the <laughs> links on the show notes for this episode because this was so awesome. And I know that I'm going to be checking out more of her stuff. So thank you again, Camille, so much for joining us on the podcast. This was a delight. And I hope to have you back on the show sometime just to talk about our stories and where we are now slash then <laughs> thank you so much maddie i love uh your perspective on everything too i love the honesty with which you always share your story and i'm uh, really looking forward to hearing more about how it evolves well thank you so much um and that is a wrap thank you so much everyone for listening to the podcast today if you want more insight on this show head on over to maddiemoon.com slash mbm60 and check out camille's amazing work and while you're there and you want more tips for ending your uh, dieting obsession download my free guide 10 proven steps for ending any diet obsession we'll see you next time <laughs>